0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up? What is up, sports fans? My name is Jake Iggy, or Iggy for short, and this is Iggy's Sports Talk. So I greatly appreciate everybody tuning in to another episode of Iggy's Sports Talk. And on this episode, I have a very special guest named Matt Wolf, who is the founder and CEO of Ticket Time Machine, and is a same-here CEO which is the global mental health movement. So how's it going, Matt?
1: Jake, great to be here. I appreciate the, the platform to talk mental health.
0: Absolutely, man. It's, it's, you know, I believe it's a huge subject in our society right now. It's something that it's, it's nice that it's getting some sort of exposure. But I feel like, especially with my generation, it's something where I've noticed a lot of people around me dealing with mental health Issues, mainly because of the new uprise of social media with people being able to really be able to say whatever they want on the internet. And now we're really even seeing it in sports as well.
1: Yeah, the sports is, there's a lot going on in the in mental health space with sports, which is good. Some of it is, is driven by the athletes mm-hmm. and some of it is driven by organizations like Same Here and other, there's a ton of great people who are championing for mental health on social media. So it's good to, to see it, get the attention. Now we got to, now what we got to do is keep it going, not just have a mental health month, but have the conversation 24, seven, 365
0: Right. Exactly. And I believe like, especially with just like the stigma of mental health, it's, it's gotten a lot better. You know, it, it's, it's become a lot more apparent to people essentially like what anxiety is, what depression is and mental health. You're really, <laughs> you're, you're not like this, different human where you should go into a cycle or you you should be pumped with all this medication because you're weird or or you're different. And the the thing is, is that I believe everybody deals with mental health issues and maybe they might not know it all the time.
1: Yeah, well, that's I mean, one of the hashtags that we use is five and five. And that's the belief that everybody is dealing with some form of uh, mental health Mm -hmm. issue. And there's obviously levels and degrees of it. We shouldn't dismiss someone who isn't as, as, I don't know, uh, traumatic as others. Uh, Myself personally, mine was very mild or tame, but it still affected me greatly.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think there's obviously different levels of like what people essentially deal with. And it all really depends on your experience throughout life. Uh, I, I believe, you know, some of my mental health issues comes from like not feeling good enough or comparing myself to other people. That's a lot due to um, my excessive use of social media growing up and different experiences that I had in my life. Um but it's it's hard for people to sometimes really think that deeply and and go back in their past and really try and figure out where could have things maybe come up to you know make my mind think like this. Um, and and how were you able to essentially figure that out for yourself?
1: I didn't I didn't have a choice. So I was I was in bed every day, not wanting to eat. Uh, I had just recently gotten engaged, and it's I you know. I needed help. I knew I needed help. I I wasn't gonna be able to just snap out of it. And so I got the help that I needed. I went and talked to someone I got on some medication, which uh, did the heavy lifting for me. Um, And I always didn't want I wanted to be someone who didn't take the medication for many reasons, whether it's the stigma, or it's just, it's very hard to get off once you're on. Um, But it's, I didn't have a choice, really, you know, I I just think I, I can't live life like this. And so, what, you know, what am I going to do? I have great support system around me, circle of friends and family who, uh, you know, I knew that I can count on to help me do what I needed to do.
0: I, I think that's the biggest thing is, is that support system is is that there's people around you that you're able to feel comfortable to be vulnerable with. You, you know, it's always tough when you get in your own mind with anxiety of, well, what are people going to think? Are they going to think that I'm a wacko? Like, are, are they going to make assumptions? But those are really just hypotheticals that you make up in your mind.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I think it goes both ways. Having a great circle and family, extremely important in this situation. But on the contrary, what you, your family and friends sometimes have no idea what to do or say. So right. I had a friend who wanted me to go, Hey, come on out. Let's go to eat. And I said, that, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to. Like it's not going to make me feel better. And then also it's sometimes it's just easier talking to strangers and people who don't know Mm -hmm. you have no skin in the game, no bias. And so I think you're, you need to have a healthy balance of both of them. But at the end of the day, you do need to feel comfortable with sharing with the people who care about you so they can understand what's going on. Because people, they might not even know what's going on. For me, it was fairly obvious, but there's a lot of people who didn't know what was going on. And when I actually told the story, you know, they, they were like, wow, I didn't know that. And there were people who saw me either every day at work or, uh, you know, often at events. And, uh, so, you know, it's important, I think both sides to to have a good family, but also to feel okay to speak with to strangers. And that could be a therapist that could be, who knows, it could be someone you meet on a park bench on the airplane, uh, you know, anything.
0: I think it's tough sometimes for, for people to get that feeling of vulnerability. And to really think outside of like the the social norms and to be comfortable with with just opening up about these different things, especially um, personal things as well. And, And I was wondering sort of what was your experience of overcoming that those fears and anxieties of, you know, being vulnerable and being able to bring up these different things and ask for help?
1: For me, it was easy. I again, as I said, in my opinion, what I went through was fairly mild. Although, look I had to postpone my wedding. I mm-hmm. you know I had to miss a trip and events that I never in a million years would there's are once in a lifetime opportunities that I had to miss. so uh, but for me it was easy because I what I what happened was I heard and saw people with much, I think more compelling stories about mental health and having to share stuff that, for them, having to share it must have been 10 times harder than me sharing it. And so for the, for me, that made it easy for me. Look, if this person can do that, then I can do it. And, mm-hmm. and my feeling is once you talk about something, once you share that, it you can ask me a million times, I can share it with anyone. I'll never feel bad about talking about it because it's just the, I can see and hear people on the other end and the help that it provides them and the confidence that maybe it provides them to. And, and I just want to help. You know, I think people can learn from what other people went through and hopefully not have to go through it themselves or maybe shorten that cycle of recovery or I don't even, I don't know if recovery is the right word, but uh, shorten the cycle of getting to where a good, a good place for them is.
0: Right. And, And you said it right there where, you know, a lot of people can really learn from other people's experiences, apply it to their own life, um, learn from those people's lessons. And and that's quite honestly why um, I love doing this podcast so much is, is I'm able to help uh, bring light to people's different experiences, different lessons that people have learned. And, you know, the listeners or people that watch this are able to tech, take those lessons and apply them to their own life and be like, wow okay like it's like you said it's actually not as bad as i expected it to be you, you know these other people um their lives are actually essentially not worse but like they're in a worse situation that i might be in. and it's kind of using that um bird's eye view um to be able to look at that stuff and that's something with like the whole mindset and perspective that you have on different situations uh, I, I i bring up sometimes you know there's a lot of times when people wake up on monday morning they're like oh, i have to go to work Honestly, get to go to work because there's people. There's there's a lot, millions of people around the country, around the world that don't have jobs or don't have the money to be able to go and drive their car to work. And it's all about just looking at sort of what you're grateful for, which really helps you contextualize like how bad or how good your life really is.
1: Yeah, we had a, I had a a phenomenal person, Ryan Nurse. He's the uh, fool around the world on my on my show, and he had a, a huge mental health problem, really bad you should watch the episode. It's, it's one of the best and motivating ones that I've ever uh, done or yeah, even it motivating people. And he gratitude. That's how he, that's how he fought his depression was gratitude and that's it. And uh, it, which is incredible. It wouldn't work for me, but I think it's incredible. And I do think that it's important to realize, you know, how good we have it that not to mean that it can't get better, But it can always get worse, almost always get worse. But on the other hand, you know, if you're unhappy about certain things, then I think you need to understand why and then try and figure out a way to to make yourself happy because life can be short and that unhappiness can really manifest and turn into to something else. So I I get both sides of that. But I I, I completely agree with you that, you know, it's a lot of it is how you look at it and trying to understand, you know, what am I thankful for? What should, what do I have? How can I, how can I get what I want and how can I improve what I don't like?
0: Right. I, I think that a lot of people had to sort of figure out that perspective, especially over the last year or so during the pandemic and really being locked in their houses. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that had the mindset of why me, why is this happening to me? And, uh, you know, e- even around, uh, my college and people around me, you know, I, I had my junior year taken away from me. And and, and it's something where uh, I saw freshmen saying, oh, why is this happening to me? And I, I'm like, my roommate is a senior right now and doesn't get to graduate. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? And then it's also just like the the shoot, like I, I wasn't able to like get this job or whatever because of the pandemic. And then you think about it, you're like, wait, the whole world is dealing with this. And and so I always like to ask this to my guests because it it helps them um, be able to think of that year sort of in a a better light. But like, what was your favorite moment of 2020?
1: Yeah, you asked me probably the easiest question I'll ever get asked on a podcast. (laughs) The best moment of 2020 was my wedding day. I got married on leap day of 2020. So it's a really easy question for me. Um, And you know, interestingly enough, we postponed the wedding but got it right. I mean, if we had the wedding a week later, we might've had a disaster with COVID and the uh-huh. honeymoon and all of that. Uh, 2020 was a great year for me, not financially. I, I, I left my full-time role and went all in on ticket time machine, but I got married. I went all in on ticket time machine. Um, and so it was great for me. And I hate, uh, you know, I, I sometimes feel guilty saying that because of all the destruction that, 2020 was for people who didn't make it out of 2020 and lost loved ones and lost money and job. Um, But, you know, I think it's, it was a really positive year for me. And I think it's good to try and take the positive of anything. The why me it's, it's hard to get away from that. A lot of people have that people who, uh, you know, get paralyzed and are handicapped and have all kinds of problems, disabilities, whatever it is, loss of stuff. It's hard to not ask why me, Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: it's not really going to get you anywhere. So now we have to figure out, okay, here's the hand I was dealt. Let's, let's go make the best of it. And that's, it's a much easier said than done.
0: Oh, 1000%. I actually uh, just last week, I I had a guest on, his name is Ryan Westmoreland and uh, he was a top prospect for the Red Sox. And at 19 years old, he was the number one prospect in their system and uh, had this incredible year. And then actually uh, got diagnosed with this brain a disease called Gavornis malformation and if, if he didn't get it treated he would have either died been paralyzed or blind or deaf and it's something where like 20 years old uh, he, he had his dream of being a professional baseball player ripped apart from him and and he, he pretty much said the same thing. You know, I was thinking, why me? Why me? But at the end of the day, you know, I had to see how I could move forward and make this into a positive uh, sort of situation. And, and now, 10 years later, he's married, has a kid, is helping people who are dealing with that disease. And it's all sort of looking at it, um, not keeping yourself so much in the past, but seeing how you can essentially, obviously improve for the future and make it a positive.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't believe that everything happens for a reason necessarily. I don't believe in that. There's this destiny for us, and this is what was supposed to happen. Um, but, I, but one of my favorite movies, Field of Dreams, when Doc walks off the field as a player and becomes a, a doctor, and it was just there was a greater purpose for him. And I think a lot of people find that, which is great when you can do that. When you, something's taken away from you, you can find a greater purpose of it. There's so many. I could, there's so many people that. Inspire me uh, in that respect. Uh, mm-hmm. Melissa Stockwell is one. She's a uh, uh, for the uh, Paraplegic Olympics. Um, you know, there's just so many people like that, and so yeah, I think it's it wasn't what it was. The story about the the baseball player who tried to commit suicide and lost his eye. Uh, and he,
0: Drew Robinson. Right? Yep.
1: Right. I mean, yep. so many great stories about people persevering, but there's also a lot of stories about people who couldn't make it happen and didn't get past it. So right. those are the, the stories that I like to to share and also, uh, you know, shed light on because I think it could be helpful for other people out there.
0: Yeah, that Drew Robinson story um, like, really hit me. And, and it's one of the reasons that intrigued me to transition over to focusing more on mental health. Um, and he's somebody where it's just such an inspirational story on how, uh, you know, I mean, he, he's playing in AAA right now. And with one eye, and it's crazy to even imagine something like that. Um, But it's so many
1: great stories. I mean, think about Rudy, right? I mean, that scene in Rudy when he's talking to the guy about what are you talking about? You already made it. Like, there's just so many instances where people need to look at really the bigger picture to understand, like you know, the definition of success is takes on so many different meanings for different people. Mm -hmm. And you know, there are plenty of people who make. $30,000 $30,000 a year and they're doing what they love. And man, they they're the happiest people I know. Um, and to some people I know have been dealt the worst hands you can be dealt with stuff. I would, if you asked me to trade, you know, or if I, if I had to deal with that, I'd be like, no, I'd rather not, I'd rather not live. Right. And they're like the happiest people I know. Um, and it's, it's just, that type of stuff really inspires me to, to want to be, a, a, you know, a, have a better attitude, I think.
0: I, I, I think it's all about as well, like just having that um, that expectation that we have set in our mind. And if we don't make that expectation anywhere close or, or even close to like where we had it set up in our mind, we essentially just dock it as like a failure instead of just looking, like you said, at the bigger picture of like, no, look at the process. Like you, you got from here to here and you just need to like be proud of yourself for that.
1: It could be a great failure. Like right? you right. failed, but it still was a great accomplishment. I mean, you look at national championship games and mm-hmm. you know, even in the Olympics. You know, just being on that on that stand, you didn't get first, you got third, or you didn't qualify, but you ran and stood toe to toe with the best athletes in the world, right. and your name is on that list. So, so many different uh, ways to look, look at things, and um, yeah, I, look, we all struggle with that. I think to kind of appreciate the wins and that's why I don't mm-hmm. take for granted anything that I'm doing now and appreciate all this, the small wins.
0: Right. I, I, I hear this quote a lot. It's um, like with losses come lessons. And if you look at it like that um, I, I, I think like it, you're going to learn from every experience that you have and be able to, um, you know, be able to plan strategically for the future. So then that same thing doesn't happen. Um, but I, I, I want to sort of get into just, just the same here movement and, and how were you really introduced to that and for people who don't know uh, what that global mental health movement is um, can you just explain a little bit for, for the listeners
1: yeah so I got introduced to same here through Eric Cussin, who's the founder of same here I was actually reaching out to Eric to talk to him about his sports background and because he had a, has a great sports background um, and we got into talking about same here and mental health stuff because he was telling me a story and uh and i was you know i was all in right i mean i just said hey i'm in you know how can i help and so i put together a story my story shared it as a as an everyday hero just but they have these uh they have a great platform they have a great network of athletes and actors and public figures and practitioners and uh, doc gooden and and uh Darren Ravel is part of it. And they have a podcast with Theo Fleury, whose birthday is today. So happy birthday, Theo. Um, and so the, the idea is just to keep the, the conversation moving forward, to end the stigma that, you know, everyone really has some sort of mental health issue going on. That's the five and five. There's a spectrum. They have exercises that you can use to, to kind of help yourself. And really, you know, be here tomorrow is another hashtag just all the things that kind of, and some of them are very cliche. I love it's okay to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I know some people aren't, but it's just a matter of just having the conversation, just saying, Hey, we need to address this. And there's such a wide range of, of mental health. Um, and we're all survivors. I truly right. believe that we're all survivors of, because of you hear about so many people taking their lives, right. uh, their own lives. And, you know, if you can get past whatever you're doing and you're here, you're a survivor, and right. so I, I think we got to elevate the people who are, are, you know, doing good in this space. We need to uh, get more people to champion and and, and mm-hmm. join the movement, and uh, just get it to be more mainstream. And I think there's it this it's done a good job recently in sports, but uh, there's still always there's still always more work to be done. And so, with Same here, once I told my story, Stephen Jergella, who is the CEO and a good friend of Eric's, they decided to do a Same Here CEO arm. So they reached out to me and I said, of course, you know whatever I can do to help. So I became a Same Here CEO and I'm trying to get other CEOs to join. And so being a Same Here CEO, just the idea that everything starts at the top. And so if the CEO, the leadership of an organization or group or team can make an environment that's uh, comfortable for people to share their feelings and experiences, that it will trickle down. So. That's what same here CEO is. I encourage any CEOs who want to get involved to reach out to myself or Stephen Dragella. Anyone who's an, an individual person who wants to uh, contribute or help, whether it's telling your story, they're always raising money to help get uh, you know get to a bigger platform and and share the the movement. Uh, reach out to me or Eric on that. And uh, yeah, I'm just it's it's uh it's just something I'm very passionate about. So I'll I'll do whatever I can to help. I always have a lot of people on the wolf den in the mental health space. And that could be someone who had depression. It could be someone who was sexually abused, any of the drugs and alcohol. All of that is all stuff that falls under that uh, bigger umbrella. And so same here. Um, I think they're doing a great job. There's a lot of other people that are out there championing him. Uh, Malcolm Lemons is doing some great stuff in the sports world with mental health. And I'll connect you with Malcolm. He'd be a great guest for this show. But uh, man, so many organizations and it doesn't we don't always have to have the same message right. and agree on the same way to treat it or to express it. Mm-hmm. But just being on the same team and and the same goal and helping push it forward is is really what's important to me.
0: Yeah, it's it's all about, like you said, end ending the stigma. Uh, and, and I brought it up earlier about just like my generation. It's it's something that I'm very nervous about, especially for the kids that are young, way younger than me, growing up with social media, growing up with that mindset of comparing yourself to other people and the anxiety of not meeting expectations. And I I can only imagine at 10 or 12 years old when I'm, I don't even realize what the heck this life is and trying to really, and being stressed out over those types of questions in my mind, I, I couldn't even be able to handle it. But it's something where it's like you said, it's it's so much on a bigger scheme of things. And with everything that went on with covid, you know, we're hearing a lot more stories come out of people being more vulnerable and willing to tell, the, tell their stories. So like you said, Matt, everybody go out and check out same here right now, because it's it's really an incredible organization that that is raising great awareness for something that like I've said throughout this episode, that, that it's awesome that we're getting great awareness, uh, you know, recently especially, but there's always work to do, like you said. And uh, I, I think that the biggest thing is, is really ending the stigma in society. And uh, actually yesterday, uh, me and one of my good friends went out to a, a pre- pretty busy part of our town and set up two of these signs and sat in chairs and waved to people. And one of the signs said, tell your loved ones uh, that you love them. And the other sign said, Um, hashtag uh, men's mental health, hashtag suicide prevention, and hashtag you are loved. And it was really interesting to see sort of um, what people thought of it and and how people really reacted. And some people were kind of confused and some people really enjoyed it. But it's something where if I drove by that and I was having a bad day, Uh, I, I, I think that would really help me. And so it's, it's all about raising awareness and and how do you think people around just society and and just everyday people can help really end the stigma of mental health?
1: I think just talking about when someone's ready to come out or to, you know, to really be vulnerable and discuss it, they will. And I'll, I'll tie it into a couple of things that you said Uh, men's mental health. Uh, Matt Zerker has a app called tether T E T H R which is basically for men and mental health and kind of a, a safe space for men to sort of talk about what's going on. So I encourage any men to check out that. Um, but the interesting thing, and I asked this question, like end the stigma, you would think, like call Nassib came out as a, as a gay football player in the NFL. And this is Pride Month. And Pride Month is very connected to mental health because of the type of abuse and the struggle that they have you know, mentally with, being uh you know different and not accepted so you would think okay we have a we have a professional athlete in the nfl there's got to be others why doesn't this open up the floodgates and it just doesn't you know there's always these instances like some you No, know, those namo comes out and then now some other people come out and uh, uh you know kevin love dak prescott so other people but it doesn't not everyone is feels comfortable doing it so that's a personal thing i don't know what's going to what's going to move someone to to feel like today is a good day i would hope that there's enough support in the in the world and in their environments that they could do it today but there's obviously people who don't feel that way for whatever reason and so just keeping the conversation just talking about it making every day a mental health mental health an issue or maybe in the government feeling like mental health, you know, you see all the, the shootings going on with people who are have mental health. And let's say, you know, let's try and get th- those people help. So it doesn't come to that. or Let's get the right people in the right in those situations. So it doesn't end up in tragedy. Mm-hmm. There's, there's so many things that can be done. And I think we're doing a lot of good. But I think a lot of, a lot more still needs to get done. And so I don't know. And the stigma is the stigma is probably the single greatest thing blocking people from, from doing it. And there might be some consequences also. I mean, there, you, know, you can't discriminate, but there's, there's certain people who are you know, worried about their job or worried about what people might think or worried about someone might take their kids away from them if they're deemed to have mental health issues. So there's a lot of issues that go against people, but you know, I think that's a big thing for us is ending the stigma. And I hope that as more higher profile people come out that others will, but it's even just anyone coming. out. It doesn't have to be a high profile person because that's, not, you know, a lot of people can't relate to an NFL or a, a you know, a, the greatest tennis player in the world. Like I can't relate to them. I'm just someone who's out here trying to make a difference. And, and at the end of the day, a lot of people don't really care. They don't know who I am. They don't care. Uh, the good thing about those celebrities and the people in public figures is people do care for whatever reason, they care about what they say. So if they're saying the same thing I'm saying, they're going to get much more traction it's going to get, it's going to be more, I guess, legit. And people will be like, yeah, that makes sense. Or I want to support that. So however it happens, I'm okay. I don't, I don't need to be anyone who gets you know credit. I, I'm just trying to help people however I can, because there's a lot of people in my life that helped me. When I needed it, so I'm happy to return the favor.
0: Yeah, and that's amazing. I I I think somebody I I think more people need to be open about it. But it's it's really it's really all about the thing that you said. It's the fear of being judged. It's the fear of what people would think. With could this essentially change different parts of my life and the way people treat me? Um, I think it's a lot of just like the education on it. People need to get educated on what exactly mental health is that everybody deals with it and what exactly anxiety is because people think it's just, oh, it's a, you know, you, you, it's how you grew up. It's something's different with your brain, something's different with just you as a human. But it's, it's something where everybody deals with anxiety or depression, even if they don't realize it. And especially with men, it's, it's the whole idea of being manly, having to be tough and having to keep things in and not be vulnerable. And, with, with that has come 84% of suicides are from men and nobody really talks about that. And, and it's a perfect time to talk about it um, since uh, June is men's mental health month. But it's, it's tough, um, obviously, for men to feel fully comfortable to be vulnerable because you, you know, their friends might might judge them about it. Their family might judge them about it. And I think it's amazing that app Tether. I'm going to have to definitely check that out because uh, I, I think it's a perfect way for men to be able to open up.
1: Yeah. When you're ready to do anything is when you're going to do it. When people are pushing you, it's like, I just talked to my friend, I need to eat better. I need to eat less. And the only one stopping it is you when you're ready to do something, you're going to do it. And I think sharing and, and stuff like that, people don't want to be forced into doing something. They want to do it on their own timeline. And I think, you know, that's important too, but also, time is very critical in, in a lot of cases. So you, you don't have the luxury of just waiting to do something because there's a, a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, you know, I'm here, there's a lot of organizations, same here that even there's a, a ton of other, on my link tree, I think there's probably five or six other organizations that you can go to as resources. There's always people who are willing to help and talk and listen and share, and you can hear their story and you'll be like, you know, I think everything's gonna be okay. I think that's really the biggest thing is just when you have that feeling of everything's gonna be okay, no matter what, it's, there's a real sense of comfort. And that's what I had to where I never, I always knew everything was gonna be okay. I don't know, I didn't know how that was or why. I have that same feeling with uh, almost everything in my life. And so I don't worry or stress about it because I can't control it anyway. So um, I think it's just the resources. There's resources out there that I don't even know about. So if anyone knows them, share them. Even just if you're, you know, you don't have to be, have a mental health episode to share mental health resources and to champion for mental health. Um, It doesn't mean that you have a mental health issue or something that's going on. Uh, The same way I support all kinds of things that I have nothing to do with. Uh, Pride being one of them, equality, you know, helping out people who are homeless, you know, all of that stuff. So I, I think that's another thing that people need to understand is you don't have to, you can help. It doesn't matter. Just help. Just talk, share, comment, engage in the conversation and talk about it.
0: I, th- I think that's the number one thing is just talking about it. Um, and, and you, and you brought it up uh, actually in, in your profile uh, for same here, CEO and just that the number one step of, of you know, fixing your mental health is talking about it and being open to being talk about talking about it. And it's really that worry because we make up hypotheticals in our mind. And, and that's where a lot of anxiety is started is just that worry and not really knowing how it could get better. Um, and for, for people like you sort of mentioned in your la- in your last answer who, who are nervous about opening up, like because, you know, some people might look at those organizations and not trust those people that they'll be able to fully help them. And so like what steps were you able to take to like fully be able to be vulnerable and fully be able to open up?
1: I didn't even think about, I just did it. I didn't even think about it. I mean, I, I, I had, I I realized there was a problem. And when, once everyone knows there's a problem, you can't just push it under the rug. So I had to address it and I had to do things to take care of it. Um, As I said, you know, I, I talked to, People and that was good, but I, I started on some medication. That was the heavy lifting, and then I took it from there and and made a you know made it my own and just kind of embraced it and 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 did it. Just do it to me. The Nike slogan is such a it's such an easy thing, um, but so hard to to follow. But just do it. Just starting something. It's the single greatest piece of advice I can give for people is to just do, do whatever you want to do. Just try and do it because, you know, they always say what's the worst that can happen and it's bad. Some things could be bad and, and, and you might feel it. You'll be embarrassed or, or feel bad. But um, I think more often than not, you'll feel good about, about what you're doing. And that could be for mental health. That could be, you know, starting a company. It could be a, a hundred other things. Like I grew up very shy and I'm still shy to some extent to where I, if people aren't, like interested in talking to me, then you know, I, I feel bad about doing that. But you always just say, well, go talk to that person. What's the worst case? Well, you you know, if they reject you, whatever you feel bad. And it's still hard for me to do. It's hard for me to pick up the phone sometimes and make a call that I need to for sales. But ultimately once you do it, you feel like, man, I really made a much bigger deal out of this than than I should have. So that's, you know, the the thought for me is I you know, don't get get out of your own way. And we talked about that. That's the biggest thing, I think, for a lot of things, whether it's mental health or any a million other things, we're in our own way and we just need to get out of our own way. Yep. Yeah. Or get out of our own mind. Right. It's just like what you yeah. said. I have so many scenarios that go on in my head and um, they're not all bad. Some are dreaming. Some are just trying to see how something's going to play out, uh, but I don't let it stop me. Even if I think it could be something bad, I, you know, I just, I kind of don't care. And it's not in a bad way, but I, I just don't care. It, it's, it, it's just whatever is going to happen, I, I'll be okay and I'll survive it and I'll make the best of it. And, uh, but I don't think about it in that way.
0: Yeah, those hypotheticals uh, can, can can really bite you in the butt at times, and uh, and sometimes they're good. Sometimes thinking about through things like you mentioned, uh, it's it's a it's a good thing. But once you get to that overthinking where it starts stringing to you making up assumptions where you don't fully actually know uh, if that's actually how it's going to play out, um, it, that that's that's where it's tough for you, uh, and it's something where when when you really just look at throughout your life. Um, learning from those lessons, learning from those experiences. I, I was wondering if, if, if you really had any advice for your younger self um, who is dealing with depression or mental health from where you are now and what you've learned, um, what would that advice be?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, th- the lesson for me, you know, to my younger self would be like, what the hell are you waiting for? Because I, you know, I'm, I was lazy. I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to do that. And I realized once I started doing all this stuff, how great uh, uh, things I can accomplish. And, um, you know, just being able to share, share and talk, uh, talk with people because I was very shy and I wouldn't share how I was feeling um, back in the day. We went to group therapy as a family and I sat there and wouldn't talk, you know, and I, I was a part in social situations and I didn't talk to people and I wish that I would have been able to do that. Cause I think it, it just opens up so many possibilities when you, when you're, You know, being able to share with people and just kind of doing what you what you what you want to do or what you should be doing. And uh, that's what I would tell my younger self, because I didn't have an internship. You know, I I put myself you put yourself behind the people who are doing these things and it just makes it harder to get where you need to be. And it doesn't have to be that way. So um, that would be my advice to my younger self.
0: there's a lot of times where um at times like i I didn't i didn't go to a college where you know i could be be reporting for my school tv or anything like that and so like that's why i built this podcast and i built built this whole brand and there's times where i compare myself to other people all these people have these insane reels they've had all these experiences this this and this when in just reality we all have our own journey we all have our own story and and it's, it's different for everybody. And those experiences help mold us into the people that we are today.
1: Well, you're, you I mean, you're way ahead of the game. I can tell you that.
0: Uh, oh, I appreciate that. Everyone, Trying.
1: everyone and their mother has a podcast now, which is, you know, it's interesting. I, I think you're doing it, you know, for the right reasons, which is always a, a positive. And just because you went to school for something doesn't mean you're an expert in it. I yeah. I went to school for, whatever it was. And I didn't become an expert in this stuff until I actually was doing it, you know, and that's like the double-edged sword of, Hey, you need experience to get the experience. You know, how do I get this job? Well, you need to have the experience. Well, how do I get that first experience? Some people just need to take a chance on you. You need to take a chance on yourself and just kind of be, be what you will be and do what you want to be and do. And um, yeah, I think it's, you know, I I don't worry. I work. I compare myself to other people, I but I also realize that I'm unique in my own way, and that you know it's okay that I'm not getting the things that they're getting, or that you know at this point it's uh, maybe not as successful as you would like it to be. Again, success defined however you want to to define it. But um, yeah, I think it's it's great to to be able to to do what you want to do and where that's again not that I have to do it's what I'm able to do I'm lucky enough to be able to do that and we take for we take that for granted sometimes it's the privilege and I know privilege is a real political thing right now you know I don't look at it as it as white privilege although I am white and there's probably some things that I'm privileged you know that other people aren't and there's some things that I don't get that other people do get Um, so it's you know it's all about perspective I think Uh, and so uh, i think it's uh yeah that's what i like to to portray and and with mental health too a lot of it's just like perspective i said ryan nurse you know gratitude Mm -hmm. if maybe that's a way that people can can do it there's a lot of different ways um i encourage you to go to tether i encourage you to go to same here watch my uh wolf den episode with ryan nurse he's got some great advice and a great story and uh yeah
0: yeah, so for all those people that want to get involved with Same Here, there's the website samehereglobal.org, but uh, where else can they learn a little bit more about the organization?
1: Yeah, they have a podcast. We, uh, we're all a little crazy podcast. You can reach out to me and I'll connect you, Stephen Dragella and Eric Kusin, and we'll, I'll give you the, the tags when we start sharing this. Um, but I'm, I, I can be the start. I'll point you in the right direction. I'll get you the information you need. I'll connect you with who you need to be connected with and i um, happy. To, I'm no expert at a lot of things, but I'm very passionate about it. And I think that sometimes, you know, talking to the people who are passionate and authentic about it and genuine about it, you don't necessarily always need an expert because an expert might tell you to go, like I went to the doctor and said, well, you got to go on drugs, right? I mean, the experts don't have that. There's a lot more to it than just the science of it. Uh, sometimes there's the mo- emotional part of it. And, um, there's a lot of sides to it. So I'm happy to to talk to anyone. Um, And I literally mean that anyone who wants to reach out and have a conversation or uh, ask me questions or just wants to vent and I'm happy to listen. I've talked to friends, kids, we just had a great um, person on the show yesterday, Raquel, it's called rock vision and it's for 17 and under kids to kind of get in and talk about stuff. So that's another, uh, another, I guess, platform. It's like social media, but without the BS of social media. So reach out if you have any kids who are interested in that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm always going to champion for mental health. So if there's someone that, that I don't know about or an organization, let me know. Feel free to reach out. Any of the listeners, let me know. I'm happy to help any way I can.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. And, and and it's all about just promoting, just ending the stigma, and getting more educated. And just lastly, I I wanted to ask you a little bit about your company, Ticket Time Machine, for for the listeners who who don't know about your company and and how they could essentially get involved and learn more.
1: Yeah, Ticket Time Machine is we're a commemorative ticket company. We're keeping the printed memory alive. With everything going digital, we're we're printing memories, and so fans love to collect. Tickets or credentials or IDs or badges. Um, every time you go to an event, it elicits these memories, and this kind of is just one of those things that helps. Uh, you know, we're selling memories, and we're working on licensing and and uh, partnerships and, and trying to be suppliers. Um, so, if anyone is involved in events, sports, entertainment, any events, we did stuff for weddings, and you want to find a way to help uh, enhance the fan experience or generate revenue, uh, reach out. We're happy to talk about uh, how we can help and connect. And uh, I'm a collector of things. There's so many things that, that give me great memories that uh, I'm happy to, to help. I'm a fan first and that's what, uh, I started this company for the fans and I'm gonna do everything I can to give fans what they want.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a collector as well. I, th- I think it's an awesome company that you have because it's uh, I have a lot of tickets that I, I keep and you know, I look at that ticket and I, I just visualize exactly like what moments happen in that game. I still get that rush. As you can see behind me, I'm a big fan yeah, of Fenway Park.
1: Awesome. You got some great stuff back there. I'm all about memorabilia. It doesn't exactly. necessarily have to be tickets. When I mean, we do posters, uh, we do stickers. We're going to get into the trading card space but even if you know just keeping the the printed memory alive a physical a tangible memory and collectible for me is important it could be there's so many different ways i just bought a mini helmet for the broncos the other day at an auction an autographed basketball you know a poster i bought a tom petty uh what is it vinyl a uh, a commemorative vinyl so you know i'm just big on that it's never going to go away everyone's always going to want to have something like that and things have and have a special thing what, what's your just one, one real quick question for you uh what's your favorite piece of memorabilia If you have to get rid of everything else what are you keeping
0: so i actually it is not in the shot actually but i, I have a, a jackie robinson 1950 uh life magazine and it's the original one um and it sort of obviously tells this whole story so that's probably one of my most prized possessions um and the then autographed it's not autographed, unfortunately. I really wish it was. This is this is a Jackie Robinson. Um, it's a piggy bank from like the 50s and 60s. And then I got a uh, Pedroia. Pedroia was like my role model growing up. I have uh, actually all these pictures behind me. I don't think I've ever brought this up on a podcast. All these pictures behind me I've made. I made it with my own hands. I didn't buy any of this stuff. I got this stuff given to me. I put it all together in a picture. You know, this one's a Boston Strong one. So I have a ton of, like, I have all these magazines from the time. That one's an autograph um, from Johnny Gomes uh, from the Sports Illustrated. Even this picture. This is just a poster of Fenway Park that I had. I have all these different Fenway Park, like, memorabilia things that I just had around my house. I'm like, why don't I just put it all in a picture? Like, why is it just all, like, scattered all around the house? So i love to do that just just for, like, my creative stuff as well as just, like, making sort of memories and pictures um, and, and memorabilia and stuff.
1: Yeah, i have to introduce you to Neil uh, Scherer. He was on the Wolf Den. He's a, a vintage art sports dealer. His stuff is incredible, I think. Perfect. Kind of speaks to what you're doing. I think uh, I think there's some there. It's great work, and it's something that people value. And they don't, you know, they don't know. A lot of people don't know how to put together something. Right. So the creative mind that you're doing to put this together for for fans is, uh, I think it's great. It looks awesome. I'll introduce that. you, to Neil. He uh, appreciate that. I think mean, he'd appreciate that work too. I actually have two. I have three baseballs. Two of them are signed by Jackie Robinson. Oh, wow. They're also signed by like. I don't know if it was an all-star team or if it's like the 48 Dodgers or I I don't Mm -hmm. know what my dad gave it to me. That's my most prized possession. I wouldn't trade it or sell it. So um, it doesn't matter. It's not worth as much with everyone else's signatures, but it's a, and you could still see it on there. It hasn't faded out uh, yet, but that's a really cool magazine to have.
0: Appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, one of my dreams is to get his autograph. Um, because I think he just did so much for the game, so much for sports and, uh, yeah, I love commemorating this stuff, but Matt, I I really appreciate you coming on the show and, you know, sharing your story and helping people, um, get a little bit of an understanding about how they can open up about this stuff.
1: Yeah. I appreciate the time. Always great to have the opportunity to talk about mental health. And I'm glad I got to introduce you to some, some new names and some new resources, which I'll follow up and send you all the information and how you can connect with them and um, yeah, I appreciate it. Anything I could do to help you uh, along the way with the podcast or your or your career, let me know. I'm, uh, I'm a fan it, and I'll be following you.
0: Really appreciate that, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.